So last month we started this topic of seeds and I mentioned that God's kingdom operates in the law of seed time and harvest. We talked about how words are like seeds for our future. Another seed that I believe that we plant on a daily basis is our attitude. The Bible actually has quite a bit to say about attitudes. In Philippians chapter 2 verse number 5 it says you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. And then it goes on to talk about how he didn't think of himself better than everybody else because he was God. And in fact, he humbled himself even all the way to the cross. You see, Jesus knew something very important, something that we've got to live our lives by. And that is this. Your attitude dictates your performance. Could you imagine Jesus having a bad attitude and trying to do miracles and even die on the cross? Well, we kind of like, okay, yeah, that would never happen because there was no way he'd be able to do what he was called to do, be able to fulfill his purpose if he had a, a bad attitude. The same thing goes for you and I. If we find ourselves in attitudes that aren't pleasing to God, that we need to look and see the areas that we need to adjust and how we need to let him make some arrangements in our lives to reflect his attitude. Attitude, what is it? Well, attitude's an inward feeling expressed by behavior. We all have these feelings and emotions and stuff on the inside of us, but we've got to learn to make a choice with those feelings. In Matthew chapter 12, verse number 34, this is Jesus talking, and he says, You brought of snakes, how can evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. Now, I have to watch myself because as a father, as a dad, basically as a man, I, you know, I struggle with attitude issues sometimes, you know, having a bad attitude, having a rough day and coming home and just being grouchy and gripey and grumpy. And what does that say to my family? What does that say to your coworkers? What does that say to the people you come in contact with? Is that a good reflection? You see, attitudes... A choice. Our attitude really showing what's in our heart, the way we act, the way we behave. In fact, 70% of communication is done through body language. And our body language is really just showing you what's on the inside. It's our, our attitude. Somebody can say all the right things, but if the attitude behind what they're saying doesn't line up, well, then it's it doesn't work. Think about a wait, waitress or a waiter. You go to a restaurant you ask them for something, and they give you what you want, and they may even be polite in their words, but their attitude behind it really stinks. You see, our actions and our attitudes speak louder than words, and our attitudes really just showing what's inside. One thing you've got to remember, no matter how you feel, your attitude is a choice. Now, this is so important because our attitude determines our approach to life. Problems and situations don't determine our attitude, okay? And that may be tough. You're like, well, yeah, right. You know, I've been through traffic, had a rough day, have somebody cussing me out at work, chewing me out. You know, how does that not affect my attitude? Remember, problems and situations don't determine our attitude. We choose to have a good attitude or we choose to have a bad attitude. You know, it's it's our choice. You know, Jesus had to make the same choice. Think about, you know, the story of the optimist and the pessimist, two twins. And um, 
the psychiatrist was talking to the parents. They said, okay, we're going we're gonna to do some tests on these two boys, okay? So they took the, the pessimist and they gave him a room. They took him to a room. Now this room was full of the top-of-the-line toys, you know, you know, all the way up to the ceiling, all the toys that he could possibly want or imagine. And they weren't the cheap ones. They were top-of-the-line. Took him in this room and says, you can play with whatever you want and have whatever you want. Well, the pessimist walked in there, and he's all upset, and he's crying, and they're saying, well, what happened? He said, well, you know, if I play with these, you know, there's so many, I don't know which one to play with, and if I do play with it, I'm going to break it. But the the optimist, they took him into a room that had, had horse manure all over the place. He walks in there, looks around the room, and the psychiatrist is watching, and what does he do? He runs around the room saying, yippee, yippee, and he's throwing this, this horse manure in the air. And the psychiatrist says, what are you doing? He says, well, with all this manure in here, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. You see, they both had two choices to make. One had, a, you know, seemed like a great opportunity, everything he wanted, but his attitude still stunk. The other one had, you know, it seemed like a less than stellar situation. It seemed like there was, you know, basically crap all the way around, but yet he was still optimistic about what was right around the corner. You see, attitude is a choice. It really does determine our approach in life. It's the seeds that we kind of put out there and we get a harvest of our attitude back to us. Let's boil it down to this. Your attitude determines how well you do what you do. And your attitude, whether you mean it or not, really does rub off on people. There's a saying that I've always said, and I, I believe it to be true, and it's, this, you can't make someone feel important in public if you secretly feel they are a nobody. You see, our attitudes say more than just our thoughts. You know, our attitudes, you know, set out basically an atmosphere around us. And the reason I say that you can't make someone feel important in public if you secretly feel they are a nobody the reason I kind of cling to that and I kind of highlighted that in this topic here is because there's this particular employer that I do some work with and um, we have a, a contract with and rather large company. And when you talk to them and, uh, and when they're talking in front of their employees, they're talking about, you know, this employee is great. This manager is great. This manager does great. But outside of that, I've been on phone conversation. They said, man, that guy's an idiot. I can't stand him. But yet, they're wondering why their employees are always making mistakes because those attitudes are put out there. Whether you say them or that person could hear it or not, doesn't make a difference. What happens is your attitude creates an environment around you. Think about it. You ever been in a room where you walk in someplace and all of a sudden you felt this heaviness when you're around a particular person or when you walk into the room with a group of people? And have you ever, on the you know, opposite of that, walked into a room as soon as you walked in and everything felt great? I mean, you felt like a peace, you felt excitement, and it's not that you know, everybody was saying a bunch of wonderful things. It was just the kind of the atmosphere, the attitude that was in there. You see, your attitude determines how people view you. And we, with our attitudes, we put out this environment around us whether we like it or not. A dad walks in, he's had a rough day at work with a bad attitude. He walks in the house without saying anything. Mom and the kids already know, man, dad's already, 
going to be grumpy when he walks in the room just by the way he walks up the steps or by the way he walks in the door, right? They can also tell if you're going to be in a great mood just by the way you walk into the room. You see, your attitude creates the environment. It sets the pace for maybe for the rest of the evening when you're at home with the family. Maybe the around your coworkers, maybe the way you do ministry, it sets the pace. Now, let's think about this. Attitude is important, really important. Let's think about why customers quit going to places. There was a study done about why customers quit you know, going to a particular store or a restaurant. And here's, here's some t- statistics. 1% of them die. Well, that's a good reason not to go there is because you can't. You're dead, right? 3% because they move away. 5% because, you know, they're going with their friends, you know, other friends. Maybe their friend opened up a restaurant or something like that. 9% because of competitive reasons, price. You know, they found it cheaper somewhere else. 14% because, you know, they were dissatisfied with the product. But 68% of people quit going to a particular store or restaurant because of a bad attitude of an employee towards them. You see, attitudes are so important. What kind of attitude are we conveying? Now, attitude is the only difference between success and failure. There was this shoe salesman that um, this company wanted to get into this market of this foreign country. And they sent this one particular salesman, and he goes over there and he scopes out the place because they were thinking about opening up this really large chain of shoe stores over there and they the salesman goes over there and checks it out and he calls it back to the corporate office and says hey you know this ain't gonna work we're not gonna be able to do anything here and they said man these people don't even wear shoes at all so this ain't gonna work another corporation sent a shoe salesman over to that particular country and this shoe salesman calls in the corporate office, gets all excited. Hey, I, I need you to send me all the shoes you can, men, women, children, all of them, as much as you can get over here, get over here and get it over here as soon as possible. And the, the corporation says, why? why? What's the hurry? And he says, because you don't understand. These people don't even have shoes. You see, same problem, two different attitudes. Which was going to be successful? Well, obviously the one with the great attitude that saw you know, the potential success. You see, your attitude can turn your problems into success. You know, our attitudes give us basically an uncommonly positive or negative perspective. It depends on what attitude you have. Is it going to be a, a positive or negative perspective? You know, the soldiers saw Goliath and said, man, he's so big, we'll never kill him. But David saw him and says, he's so big, I, I can't miss. You know, I was on the phone yesterday with uh, my wife and daughter. And, it, you know, it was kind of a, a rough day. And uh, my daughter, uh, Zena, had just found out that somebody had stole something from her. And she, you know, as when somebody steals something from you, obviously you're kind of upset, first of all, because you're out the money or uh, the expense of whatever that particular item was. But you also feel a little bit violated. And she says, yeah, Dad, I was really upset. And I said, well, Zena, I said, just remember, the devil has to pay back 10 times what he stole. And you know what her immediate reaction was? Yay! She got all excited. She, all right, well, great, Dad, because I'm going to get 10 times what was taken from me. You see, her attitude completely, totally changed. Our attitudes can give us a positive perspective or a negative perspective. Now, Because of that, as Christians, we've got to understand something. 
our attitudes can make or destroy strongholds in our life. Now, there's a story about an elephant. When an elephant is little, in the um, zoos they used to do this to keep an elephant tied down to a particular place where it wouldn't escape. When the elephant was real small, they would take this huge chain and they would stake it to the ground. It was a chain so big a baby elephant could never break it. And they would wrap it around its leg and they would put a, drive a stake into the ground. And the elephant, while it's little, would tug and tug and tug. But there was no possible way because the chain was so big that it could break it. And as time goes on, the elephant would grow bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. In fact, when the elephant became an adult, because of that chain, what it learned, they could put a really small, even like a little bitty um, swing set chain or a bicycle chain on that elephant, which if you look at it, man, that elephant could easily break it. But the elephant believes because of his past that he can't break it. The elephant should be able to just snap it with no problem. But because of he's believing wrong information, let's put it this way, because of the stronghold in his life, it's holding him back. A lot of us, we have strongholds in our life, and a stronghold is this, believing wrong information. When we let our attitudes make or destroy strongholds in our lives, it really can determine our success or failure for our future. There's so many people that have so many great things that God has lined out for them, but a lot of people will never receive them or achieve them because they're keeping themselves tied back because of the they allowed their attitude to believe the wrong information. Now your attitude can also break that stronghold. So that's what you got to ask God to help you out with. So if you believe something can stop you, understand it can stop you. But if you believe something can't stop you, there's no possible way, then guess what? It can't. We need to choose to think like God, not like men. Now, what happens when you're having one of those days, one of those really rough days where, man, it's very easy to get a bad attitude. It's very easy to, man, this, to just be just mean and angry and frustrated because of what's going on on the inside. Well, James chapter 1, verse 2 through 4 talks about this. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble comes of any kind, consider an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. So when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Basically, maintain a God kind of attitude. I remember there was a season in my life where I was going through a really difficult time. I mean, it seemed like everything in every single direction, you know, I was being bombarded with just terrible news and everything was going wrong. And I remember I was, I was getting out of my car to open up the gate to, to drive out for the day. And I just woke up and just, you know, felt pressure, you know, and my attitude was just like, oh, gosh, you know, I don't even know if I can make it. It's tough. And all of a sudden, I just remembered this right here, consider it all joy. And I just began to laugh. And I was like, okay. And honestly, that day, I got some even worse news. And I just kind of laughed. I'm like, man, when I heard the news, I kind of started laughing. I'm like, and everybody's kind of looking at me like, how can you be laughing? My wife's like, how can you be laughing at this? I'm like, because I can't wait to see how God's going to get us out of this. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. I have no idea how, but I know that he's a just God and he's going to make it through. You see, we got to maintain that God kind of attitude because rough weather isn't permanent, 
right? It helps things to grow. Psalms chapter 23, verse number 4, it says, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I walk through it. So when you're having one of those rough days, understand, you know what? You just get through it, and you're going to come out on top. You're going to come out on the other side. you got to ask God for help. You know, don't try to make it on your own and, you know, give yourself that fake attitude. You know, no, just say, Lord, help me to see things the way you see them. You don't see just being stuck here in this permanent situation. You see me over here, Lord. I'm Help me to have your kind of attitude. You know, don't try to make it on your own. Don't try to just, you know, quote, unquote, fake it till you make it, right? Put your trust in him. John chapter 15, verse number five, it says this. It says, yes, I am the vine. You are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. So if we remain in him, basically possibilities are endless. But when we try to do it on our own, guess what? We can do nothing. Oftentimes, the reason that we get bad attitudes is because we see the problems going on in our lives. But here's what I'm here to tell you. We've got to speak the promise, not the problem. So many times we talk about the problem. Oh, I'm going through this. I'm going through this financial issue. I'm having you know, this pressure in my marriage or this pressure in my family or this pressure at work and you know we talk about the pressure and the problems more than we talk about the promises of God you know for months there was a scripture when I was going through that really tough time that you know I couldn't sleep at night and just toss and turn and and God would always remind me of the scripture thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph and I whenever I'd feel like the 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 words rising up on the inside of me to gripe and complain, I would say, thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph. Lord, I win no matter what. I'm speaking your promise. I don't know how, but you know what? You're going to work all things out for my good, and I'm going to have an attitude of gratitude. You see, here's a few things you've got to understand about attitude. Number one, attitudes are contagious. Attitudes are contagious. You don't like the attitude of the people around you. Maybe you need to look in the mirror. I knew that when I got home at times that the attitude of my household wasn't as peace. It wasn't that we weren't screaming and hollering at each other, but there was just didn't seem like as much peace as there should be. But then I had to realize, hey, it was because of me. That's what I was bringing into the situation because attitudes are contagious. Now, no one wants to follow somebody with the wrong attitude forever. I mean, think about that boss that's griping, that's you know, always mean and complaining and just hateful. Does anybody want to be around them? They'll stand it for a little bit of time, but then after a while they're going to put in transfers and start looking for other jobs. You see, nobody wants to be around, atti- about, around a wrong attitude because nobody's going to follow a wrong attitude forever. All right? Now, attitudes can be changed. Your attitude can be changed. And instead of trying to change everybody else around you and grieving about this person saying, well, I wouldn't act like that if they didn't act like that. No, 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 no. Your attitude is your choice. Their attitude is their choice. Okay? Your attitude can make you or break you, so you've got to choose. What am I going to do? doesn't matter how they behave. doesn't matter how they act. They're, maybe they're part of the problem. Maybe what they're facing is part of the issue. I have a responsibility to speak God's promise over this situation, so I'm going to maintain and have a good attitude because I know that my attitudes are seeds. And if I'm going to have a good attitude, 
and plant those seeds of good attitude, then I expected to reap a harvest from the people around me. You see, we've got to make a conscious effort and a conscious choice to have good attitudes. Remember this. If you don't remember anything that I said today, remember this one phrase. Okay? Speak the promise, not the problem. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're dealing with, you need to get in God's Word. Find out what God's Word says about your particular situation. And you speak the promise and not the problem. And I guarantee you, your attitude will change. You may have to bite your tongue. Remember I said your, your words are seeds. You may have to bite your tongue. You may have to hold it in to keep from griping, to keep from complaining, to keep from letting it out and letting people know how you feel. Instead, you speak the promise and let God's promises change your attitude. There's something that I do that I have on my phone whenever there's a situation or something I'm dealing with. I have... Um, scriptures that I call my battle scriptures that whenever I read I kind of just throw it in throw it in my notes and my phone and I go through it every so often and look at my battle scriptures you know some scriptures of things that maybe I'm that help me with things I'm dealing with one of maybe your attitude that one that I said earlier thanks be to God who always causes me to triumph in other words I win in everything I do because of him because of his grace because of his goodness. And I put that down, and that's when I speak his promise and not the problem of the situation. And what's amazing to me is when God changes me and my attitude on the inside, it seems like what I thought was a huge problem, quite honestly, disappears quickly. You see, thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph because I'm able to speak the promise and not the problem, and God is way bigger than the problem. And because of that, I can have an attitude of gratitude and I can be happy in every situation. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for the privilege and honor as always to serve you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Our words are seeds. Our attitudes are seeds, Father, and our actions are seeds. We thank you for a great harvest, Lord. Help us remember to speak your promise, not the problem. Lord, help us Lord, to change our attitude. Lord, there's no way possible that we can do this on our own. And we're not going to try. Lord, just like you said, if you're the vine, we are the branches. And we're going to cling to you. We're going to hang on. We're going to stay stuck to you, Father. So that we know through you there's nothing that we can't do. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege and honor. Father, we take this, what we've learned today, and we apply it in a personalized, Father, so we can be more productive for your kingdom, Lord, in ministry as well. We thank you, Lord, that you help us to grow as leaders so we could be more productive, Father, and please you. We thank you so much. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen.